This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek, and as always, I'm with Steve Cockrum, my very excited uh, British business partner who something happened to you um, yesterday, Steve. What happened? <laughs> I'm so tempted to say something inappropriate, but I won't because I'm exercising discipline and discretion. And I presume you're alluding to, as a lifelong Liverpool fan, that we, we won the European Cup, the Champions League, which is the, the pinnacle of European football. And um, we won it without playing particularly well. And uh, it's our sixth Champions League. So now we're third after Real Madrid and some other company that I've not heard of. So Liverpool, half a million, million plus people in red today going bananas, still recovering. I suspect there'll be an awful lot of six days, sick days in Liverpool businesses tomorrow, we might guess. <laughs> Is that now to all of the Americans who are literally... Yeah. anemic soccer anemic or football anemic um, yeah. are they uh is this the super bowl was that what um, happened yeah i don't think to be fair i don't think anything really compares to the super bowl which is a a whole three hours of marketing and, and drinking and eating only interrupted by occasional ex- exercise so no this is it, it would be i think kind of in the same way you call it a world series when really it's only america um this is basically the equivalent for soccer. It would certainly be the the top club competition in the world. There you go. So the World Series, we won the World Series. There you go. After years of, of talking about Liverpool with you in <sighs> England when we lived there, I just yeah. want to say congratulations from the bottom of my Thank heart. Thank you. Thank you I, so much. I, I was actually, I was very uh, sports or soccer anemic myself. I just was kind of like, sure, I'm in. Hey, it's I'm on the rise fan. in America now, bro. Hey, all they've our been, friends in at, saying at, that for years. No, Atlanta Athletic or whatever they're called, or United. Yeah, they won it United, last year. Yeah, they, there you go. They're maybe because a lot of our friends are in Atlanta, and so <laughs> but outside of that, well, um, I, th- I thought I, of you this week. Um, really? I don't know about you? I, did yeah. you guys hear that? Wait, everyone listening. I want, yeah. you, what did you just say? Jeremy, Jeremy's very you emotionally. You're emotionally needy. If I don't wow. don't call him often, he feels sad. I was watching lots very of pictures. Rare that he thought about. Some, okay, keep going. <laughs> I was. Lots of people have been pinging me about Mount Everest. By the way, after our book, I don't know whether you saw the photo of that kind of line of people <laughs> queuing to me? get to the top of I, Everest. I, I've had literally 25 people sending me the same documents and emails. Uh, and for those who don't know what happened at uh, this time period, the time period actually between May 10th and the 25th is the usual window where the weather is good enough for people to make the climb. And I think that there was something called uh, capitalism in the <laughs> Nepalese uh, tourist department who was getting they were get, they were making a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, on allowing a lot more permits. Mm-hmm. And there was a particular window of time and. Everyone went for it. The problem is, if you've read the book or understand Mount Everest, there's a specific part in uh, the death zone above Camp 4, and it's right around the Hillary Step, that everything is single file. Mm-hmm. And if you either have too many people or someone's not qualified to, to really, you know, they're, they're not healthy enough, then they can drag everyone down. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is I know, gosh, it was serious. What, 10 or 11 now uh, people have gotten, who, who have died mm-hmm. um, while just waiting. And most of them died on the way down because they were in the death zone too long. Crazy. 
yeah, it was ridiculous. It looked like people queuing to go, you know, to, to, to the, the supermarket or whatever it was. It was like, you're kidding me. I, I had these visions of it being incredibly difficult. And, you know, the, the, to see 50 people in a line, you're thinking, this can't be good. So, yeah, I think they were charging $60,000 a permit. And as you suggest, I, I think the Nepal Tourist Board may well have uh, overreached themselves. Or the other thing they said, which was also particularly good of them to promote our book at this stage was to say that basically that they had the wrong people leading people up the mountain as well there were some mm -hmm. inexperienced trekkers not the sherpa and uh that's part of your problem if you're following the wrong leader up the up the mountain you can get into trouble there we go that's the best that's the best basically softball or little t-ball <laughs> up on a thing go on whack it out well, the park what are we talking about well, today jerry we did, and those um, many of you we've actually uh, been with this last spring. We finished up last week, a week before last, actually, the uh, Spring 100X uh, speaking tour, book tour, and have really passed it off to uh, the UK a little bit. The UK got their, the books came out uh, the third week of May, mm -hmm. and I don't know why it takes that long to get books across the pond. You guys are so far away. Mm -hmm. Maybe we shipped them on the Queen Mary. I don't know. <laughs> But um, you, have, you have uh, a steamer. <laughs> <laughs> but you got your uh, you got your books, and, yeah. and there was a massive book launch. There was, um, at, yeah, yeah. Pictures I mean, were looked amazing. Well, we're about to have a we're about to have a promotional video as well, so that's going to be even better. So yeah, it was awesome actually. It was a real special evening. I think about seventy five people came in the end. Um, you know, and I realised that. I asked, we asked three or four of them to share their 100x story about how working with Giant and this, all the tools we talk about in the book had changed them and where they'd seen multiplication. And I, and I realized looking around the room, um, I could have probably asked 50 of the 75 people what was their 100x story. Um, and that's always incredibly moving. I think that the we often say that the great cry of hypocrisy is never far away when you write or speak on something. And the first person who stood up <laughs> literally said, Steve, if this tells you anything, you just need to know that you are a 100x leader and the testimony in the room is because of you know, who you are and what you do. So even for a Brit, it was mildly encouraging. It was obviously embarrassing and I wish they hadn't said it, but it was- But how much did you pay them? Like, was it a- Yeah. Was this an actor? No, See that, that's really good, Jeremy. That you've been learning British cynicism. I, I, I I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm watching yeah. for the moment to there you go. slice. Oh, and one more, down. one more piece of news, by the way. We have a state visit from El Presidente. Mr. Trump is coming in tomorrow, and um, it's speaking gonna... of 100x. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it was the the association was immediate, Jeremy. It was more a question again. <laughs> Uh, Do you a think there'll be queues in the same way there was at Mount Everest? Yeah, Will that um, be the same? This is where I'm actually going to defend Mr. Trump and America on the grounds that some of our people have absolutely no idea how the world works. So we had the president of China, we've had North Korea, we've had Gaddafi, we've had Saudi Arabia that we sell jets to so they can bomb the... You know, I mean, and nobody bats an eyelid. There might be the odd 20 people outside complaining. We're going to have a million people on the streets of London complaining that Donald Trump, the longest, most significant ally of the British people, is coming on a state visit. I go, some people have absolutely now, no idea. 
Donald Trump's the longest ally, or you mean America? Just America, to clarify. America. <laughs> yeah. Now I know. Now I know. Now I know. You charged us for it, and it took us about fifty years to repay the loan, <laughs> but we are grateful for it. So you know, very good. And he's causing. I love Donald Trump. He's hilarious. He's already causing trouble by suggesting that Boris should be the new prime minister, and uh, that Mister Farage should be allowed to do the negotiations with Brussels. So, um, it, it. Needless to say, there will be numerous. Um, places where he doesn't follow protocol, <laughs> but, but personally, that's going to be a lot of fun. So there we go. I'll, we'll, we'll do an update on the next podcast how it that's went. That's right. But um, that's great. I can only that's imagine well, all the stuff. I hope stuff. we're still friends as countries <laughs> afterwards. I can only imagine um, the panic behind scenes at Buckingham Palace, trying to work out how these courtiers that have been, you know, steeped in protocol are dealing with the arrival of Donald and his uh, entire family. I think they're all coming over for a bit of a. Can summer, you imagine? What, what, like it's like a movie. It's like a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. But um, I was hoping well, he was coming to do a leader intensive, but it doesn't appear he's booked uh, in this time. We need you. We need you to do that. Um, <laughs> so Donald Trump whisperer, that'd be great. Um, so today we are speaking and finishing our last podcast series um, on become Bill bleed. We've been talking about become and the whole idea of becoming one hundred percent and what has to happen. Uh, to become a leader that people want to follow, not have to follow. And there's a big difference as we've been <laughs> talking about certain world figures, uh, becoming someone that you want to follow. Second then was build, which is really developing, building people. How do you develop leaders worth following? How do you build the people worth following? And how do you build a culture that allows them to, to exist in that? The third part today, we want to talk about leading, which is then the combination of become, build, uh, putting them together to go, okay, what do you do now that, that uh, it's not just cerebral, it's not time to think, it's more time to act, and you're leading as you go. You're leading every day. So we want to go and talk about the whole idea of leading and becoming a leader worth following um, in the day-to-day basis. So that's a game plan. And so, Steve-O, uh, let's start with um, just some some thoughts on um, on leading, when you think of it in mm. uh, the Sherpa metaphor and staying with the Sherpa metaphor, if you think about a Sherpa, they have to be fully acclimated. Mm. So they, they can't be sick and lead other people. <laughs> mm. uh, or you wouldn't want the sick one. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, you get the sick Sherpa. I'm like, uh, please. So having someone who's acclimated to help you, but they have to lead themselves, mm. they have to actually climb themselves. And they have to lead other people at the same time and look for the other person and what's going on. Mm. Do you want to you want to start us off? You have a, a quick thought. I we do. Jump? I do. I think I think the the most important one for me is that we get asked all the time. You know, how do I be a better leader? You know, I think it. The reality is, a lot of people end up leading because they were good at their job, they were good at technical skills, or they were good at whatever it was, and. I think the thing that what we're trying to do and the book helps hugely is really show people why the chances of you being a great leader or a great Sherpa when without tools, without training, without support is virtually nil. So if you think that self-awareness for most leaders is a jaw-dropping moment when they realize what it's like to be on the other side of them, there is a huge amount of work on yourself first. So in the end, you have to be people want to follow. And then even assuming you can get healthy and close to 100, you need skills, you need tools, you need practice, you usually need help in learning how to build teams and build other people around you. 
And I think that the thing that I've loved most on the feedback from the book have been people saying, guys, what you've done is you've spelt out in very, very simple language and tools why it's been so hard to lead people. Because the reality is it requires a combination of skill sets that you, where variables happen every single day. So things happen in our own lives which cause us to be accidental or cause our own tendencies that are both negative to impact our leadership. And then, of course, the people that we're seeking to develop and lead and grow up the mountain, they are changing every single day as well. They have different personalities. They have different wirings. They have different things going on. So I think the analogy of climbing Everest is a brilliant one because it is incredibly hard to truly be a leader that others want to follow and truly the leader that actually truly gives themselves a way to help others climb a mountain that they'd never have climbed on their own. So that's my initial thought, Jeremy. Great point, Steve. And I think that the reality then is to go, if I'm leading on a daily basis and I thinking with the metaphor, the Sherpa, then, then I have to be climbing and have to be willing to climb and look at my own, uh, you know, what's up ahead of me, uh, what's the next level? What are we trying to accomplish? So this whole idea of proactive and intentionality kicks in. So I've got to not only just be acclimated as a, as a leader, but I also have to be looking ahead for what we want at all times. And mm. at the same time, who's next to me? Who's tied into me? And if one person falls, do they pull me down? You know, how many, do I, how many leaders do I have on my line and how many people am I pulling up to the next level? So if I have, let's just say I have three employees that are people that I have to, to lead on a consistent basis, then I've got to perform at my highest levels, always looking ahead, always thinking about the next thing and help the other person do their day job and mm. see the vision themselves and understand the vision and walk inside that vision to hit to the next level. That's the, the difficulty of leadership. That's why I like the definition of leadership is from the 100X book, which is basically the ability to do your job at the highest levels while helping other people do their jobs at the highest levels. That mm -hmm. is the Sherpa mentality. It's not just you getting to the top. That's, that's called high performance. Mm -hmm. It's actually you going to the top and getting three people up the top with you. That's mm -hmm. called leadership. And, and that's yeah. a, a big difference. Yeah, no, and I, I think that in the book we talk about intentional multiplication as going, there's even different levels at which we as leaders are called to multiply and invest into others. So there's those that we're immediately responsible for. They would be like our people climbing the mountain. But most of us have other people, not just our direct reports, but the people who report to them who report to them. So thinking through that constant strategy of making sure that you are a person of integrity, that who you are and what you say and what you do is aligned. Because the reality is the more people you lead, the more people are looking to you. And in many ways, you are defining culture. I always think that everyone seeks leadership until they have it. And then they suddenly realize that with it comes huge responsibility because people take your words much more seriously than they did in the past. And in the end, you have the capacity to, to damage things and reputation and people's livelihoods. So... In some ways, leadership is one of those things that is, is once you have it, it feels like a huge responsibility, which is why most leaders struggle when they're isolated and alone. They actually need to climb with others. 
And we talked about this actually in the book. Um, we talked about the credibility gap, the integrity gap. And it's mm-hmm. the, the idea that if you are not aware of your influence, if you don't understand, let's say you might be at a 60 negative um, or, or even a 75 plus. That means that you're in essence, you're not very healthy yourself and everyone around you is mm-hmm. you're just subtracting. You're multiplying negativity in essence. Well, talk through, Steve. Let's go through and just kind of share what makes the leadership gaps um, when, when you think of credibility and we think of integrity yeah. and what the difference yeah. is in that and why so many people um, really are hypocritical in that regard. <laughs> yes, obviously we're not because we're perfect, but it's easier <laughs> to write and talk about it. I think the way I always say is if you imagine standing as the leader in front of your company where every single employee, every person is is in your employee actually is there. You could even take it a little further and go, there's our suppliers, there's our clients. If everyone who basically your business serves is in the room and you stand at the front and you articulate the vision, the values, the mission, what everything you believe about the way your company acts and because leaders define the culture, the people at the back of the room will give you a good indication about how aligned what you say is with what you are doing and their experience and there's really two choices one is they say Jeremy is a really nice guy and I think he really believes what he's saying and I think he thinks that is our experience but it really isn't our experience and so therefore the issue is one of um, credibility because I'm going what you say I don't believe is true so therefore there's an issue of competency I'm not sure the way you describe the company is our reality. In fact, I know it's not. But you're a good guy, and I think it's just credibility. In the end, as the credibility gap grows, you become irrelevant because people listen to what you say, but they've already tuned out because the reality is they're saying, your description bears no resemblance to my reality. So that would be credibility. That now, one's and, easier and, to solve. <laughs> and, that, and that wasn't, I mean, you're not doing a cyber warfare here, right? No, no, no. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you the story about Steve. (laughs) Let's say there was a Steve who... No, I'm joking. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll use Steve next. The reality is I've been there before. Yes, okay. And I actually have experienced credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Most connectors, their tendency would be credibility, not integrity. As a pioneer, it's usually integrity, and I'll explain more in a minute. So integrity is when people sit there going, listening in the room, going, I think what Steve is saying hypothetically is it's not only not true I think he knows it's not true I think what he's doing is he's stating what he believes reality is for audiences that are different to the ones that they should be so whether that's shareholders whether that's people who might industry awards people who might promote him still further integrity is when people come to question the fact that they go in the end when you stand on the stage and you talk about the company you talk about reality I actually think you're lying or being very economical with the truth. And when you think someone's being economical with the truth, it's an integrity issue. And once you lose trust in the integrity of a leader, it's incredibly hard to win back. Credibility you can work at by owning it and going, you know, I realized what I said last year, probably for some of you that wasn't your experience and I'm grateful for the feedback. I'm sorry I got it wrong. I'm moving forward and this is what we're doing differently. Integrity is a character issue, not a competency issue. 
and that in the end is very, very, very difficult in my experience to actually win back. So there's year two. In a perfect world, we're fully aligned. What we say as our vision, mission, values, what we state as what we want to be as leaders, everyone nods their head and says, absolutely, Jeremy and Steve, you are totally aligned and totally authentic, and we trust you implicitly. But the reality is, in most organisations, as you work your way down through the structures and sub-leaders defining subcultures, there is always that kind of tendency towards a gap one or the other. That's why all of you listening, the 100x concept, is um, it is a vision. It is an aspiration. Now, you can be, you can get to 100, or you can, you can at least be moving to that trajectory, and you can multiply it's not saying that you have to be perfect. What we're basically saying is we're trying to wake people up to this type of authentic, credible leadership because most people discount themselves and they're not aware of it. If they're accidental, if they're they're just incompetent in certain ways, they're just clueless, that they, th- then they can cause a lot of damage. And leaders cause a lot of damage. So mm-hmm. the idea in the same way that we're talking about Mount Everest, an unqualified leader at the very top caused <laughs> a lot of deaths uh, along with some other factors. Um, mm-hmm. in, in the case of leadership then to go, if you're being a Sherpa, you're being intentional and healthy and you're learning how to multiply. Um, we had one, um, I have one gentleman that I've been working with and he realized he was about a 90 plus guy. He's been about 90 plus for most of his career and really good leader. But his aha was, I don't know how to, I know how to get from 90 to 100. I don't know how to get from a plus to an X. I don't know how to get from plus to multiplication. And that's where I've been working with him on these tools because you have to then be cognitively insightful and understand. That's why the five voices are so important with understanding those that you work with because you can lead them up the mountain if you understand their tendencies and their wiring way more effectively than if you can't. That's why it's important to have tools and visuals that you can use to get other people up the mountain at the same time because you want them to acclimate and you're helping them acclimate up the journey. That's why the metaphor of the Sherpa works as well. And that's ultimately our goal is to give you a leadership language that you can use to scale and multiply healthy leaders. Mm. And even even as far as, I guess, one of the comments that I had from a friend of mine this week was she was saying that every book she'd ever read on leadership was really about for helping her get to 100. And that actually everything was about how do I maximize potential? How do I maximize career? How do I... All these things she'd, she'd never, she'd never realized that actually that was only stage one. Mm-hmm. And that actually the thought of going, well, maybe the true measure of a leader is not in how healthy or their achievement is but it's actually in how many people did they help to climb and to go to places they could never have gone without them so it's almost like we're we're challenging the scorecard i guess you know what is it that makes a world-class leader i would say in the end that without a commitment to x and multiplication you will only ever be a good leader now don't get me wrong 75 plus is still pretty good and 80 plus is good but there's a huge difference between what is good and what is great. And I don't know how many, Jeremy, you and I have met over the years, but I don't think I've met many who had an intentional strategy to actually be 100x as a leader. And I think that's why, you know, 
you know, even us Brits are getting, um, I'm pretty fired up about it. This is me fired up, by the way. Um, and just being able to share with people. And I think there's the incredible joy of being able to go, guys, this is, this is what we want the world to remember us for. You know, if we get remembered for one thing, oh, Jeremy and Steve, they were the 100X guys. They were the ones that were really annoying because they, when we thought we'd already, had, when we thought we had our pictures of us stood on the mountain looking like absolute heroes, you challenged us to something that was way harder than anything we've ever done before. So, you know, that, that's, that's the reason, I guess, why we keep going on about this 100X book and the 100X system, I guess. Absolutely. And, and for everyone listening, the, the goal here, again, that wake up is become, build, lead. Uh, becoming 100%. It's hard enough because, mm. gosh, I mean, just work and life and family and kids, and that can be draining. So it's hard to stay healthy mm. in the 100. Mm. So you've got to trick yourself, get systems, get people, have a mindset. I mean, that to be acclimated and stay acclimated because it's naturally easy to drift. Uh, mm. Then to, be, to build leaders, that's a skill set. To mm-hmm. actually learn how to build and develop people. For me, you guys, um, I learned a lot from Steve because he, Steve is really good at multiplication. And so I learned so much in my own tendency. Um, and so I, I know that that was a goal of mine going, you know, I actually think I can build people. And mm-hmm. over the last season, I have and I've experienced it and I've learned so much and continue. I knew how to do it at home uh, really well, but I didn't know how to do it at work as much. And, um, and so that was a component and, but then the leading part, this is like, okay, yeah, this is all great, but what happens when a nagging client or a a nagging employee or, uh, some expectations missed or your partner says something or whatever, right? (laughs) That's when you have Mm -hmm. to actually live it and leading. Uh, it's one thing when you're leading from base camp. But it's a different thing when you're leading at camp four and mm-hmm. you've got the responsibility of people to get to the next level or to summit. And, and that's what we want. So, um, Steve, um, I'll give you the, the last thoughts, as I always do. Um, what are your last <laughs> thoughts from, from, this, from this section? I think that um, breaking it down into the component parts, I think if we, if we try and do one thing, it's how do we make it simple enough that an educated child or teenager can understand it, use it, and, and actually share it with others. And I think the big thing for me is the difference between something which is simple and something which is simplistic. So this is very, very simple to understand as a concept. It's incredibly hard to live. And I think just, if you kid yourself, I think if you, if you think, I'm just gonna be a good leader, you know, and you haven't worked on it. I think it's up there with one of the biggest challenges any of us could ever take on. And I think the book codifies that challenge. It, the idea of become build as a foundation to leading really means if you want to be a great leader and someone that people remember as, then in the end, you're going to have to work at it. And to be quite honest, there's no such thing as a perfect leader. We've never met them. So whether it's us every single day, which we do, challenge ourselves to be, how do we be better? Wherever you are, however old you are, whatever you're leading, whatever your influence, I promise you there is still more you can do. So don't settle for where you are, because sadly, as Jeremy says, gravity means you don't stay at 100. Everything slips south 
in my opinion, in my have to be intentional every day. It's a mindset. But the Sherpa is just a great analogy. And if you haven't read the 100X book yet, please go and buy one. Buy one for your friends. I promise you, you'll want to use it with your team because it really is a standard for leadership for the new world. And we want you to be part of that movement. As always, we appreciate you all. We wish you the very best. Uh, Go out and just really use your platform for influence. Um, Thank you for being a part of the journey. Until next time, we'll talk to you then. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.